everyone, welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Library Podcast Edition. I'm Dama Tamanawala. Today I was joined by my co-host Garrett McGillivray, and we were extremely lucky to be sitting with Wayne Berger, who is the CEO of IWG for Canada and Latin America. You know, on this show, we connect you with the brightest minds in the commercial real estate space, thought leaders in commercial real estate. And IWG is the parent company to Regis and Spaces and all and basically the largest co-working brands in the entire world. They have over 3,300 locations. They open, a, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, in a location every single day. Uh, they are the largest tenant in Canada, save and except for the, the major banks and the government. Uh, but who knows, soon they could surpass even them. And they're growing at the speed of light. So in this episode, we talk about the idea of co-working, how it is expanding, why enterprises are looking towards co-working more and more, and a number of other uh, different topics, including uh, you know the growth plan of IWG, which is quite epic if I do say so myself. And before we dive into everything, I wanted to say a special shout out to our sponsor, KMB Law. KMB Law are corporate real estate lawyers, uh, lawyers who specialize in commercial real estate. And for the same reason that you have a commercial real estate broker, right? You're not using the guy who helped you buy a condo to do your commercial real estate lease with a 20,000 square foot office space in Oxford's building. No, you're going to use a commercial real estate broker. For that same reason, you're going to use a commercial real estate lawyer. And you should use KMB Law. They're located in Mississauga. They're close by. For all the brokers out there, they don't monetize every single conversation you have with them. And they are an excellent sounding board if you have a question for one of your clients. Uh, KMB Law you know, real estate acquisitions, dispositions, financing, check them out. You can check them out at kmblaw.com. This episode is a monster episode that we actually shot on location in spaces in Toronto Queen West, which is one of the most beautiful office buildings that I have been to. Uh, I'm excited for you guys to get into it. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Library. I'm Dama Tamanawala. This is Garrett McGillivray, and today we're joined by Wayne Berger. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you for it. being here. Thank you for hosting us. Welcome uh, to Spaces, uh, Queen West, <laughs> the best co-working facility in the country. <laughs> yes. Yes. Without and bias. That, Without bias. That was according to you were mentioning this earlier. Showcase in Toronto Life, right? <laughs> um, Blog TO, yeah, right. Uh, let's see, Globe and Mail, right. Yeah. Lots of great opportunities here yeah. for uh, for great showcase. Yeah, that's for sure. And weddings, and weddings. Can I can I jump <laughs> yes. in on that piece? I have to because we were we were speaking earlier on. You know, one of the things that we love about this space that's just created such an incredible immersive community is. We have brilliant venue and event space, which is difficult to find in Toronto, as we've yeah. learned, right? Yeah. And uh, one of the visions that we had as a team was we wanted to build something for the community. Mm. We wanted to build something for our members, both Regis and Spaces. Yeah. But we also wanted to build something 
that can host great events outside of the typical traditional co-working facility. Mm -hmm. So I know we talked earlier on, we've hosted everybody from the United Nations and the Canadian Armed Forces to great organizations like How How She Hustles and Uh, and different charities. But we said, look, we need a wedding. And everybody (laughs) thought, you're not getting a wedding. Who wants to get married in office space? No, you've gone too far, Wayne. Exactly. That's right. Why are you shifting the definition of possibility? But it's what we do, right? right? So um, we said, let's get a wedding. We have three booked for this summer. Three. (laughs) It's remarkable. I'm going to crash three weddings. I can't wait. (laughs) Amazing. Who would have ever thought you'd want to get married in a co-working facility? But when you build great communities, that's what happens, right? Mm, in beautiful space. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, we're really proud of the space. And I know we, we talked a little bit earlier on, you know, for us, it's really about building space where people can gather and integrate and establish this really special, unique community. And, yeah. um, you know, part of it's about helping people achieve their work dreams and their business goals, right? Mm-hmm. But what we're really seeing is people are also establishing some incredible social networks. Yeah. And um, part of that is about having space where people have the opportunity to gather. Like if you walk through this building, this building has a heartbeat. Yeah. You walk in, the vibe is exceptional. Yeah. Functionally, what's really cool is there are seven different work environments in this space. You want to start. You want to start your day at Thor the cafe. Right. Have a meeting. You're ready to have an amazing latte, a great americano. How's your americano? It's great. It's good, right? So, <laughs> it's, it's very good, um, yeah. and then you can you can meet in the booths, in the open space, the yeah. co-working locations. You've got private offices, team yeah. offices. Yeah. We've got 2,500 square feet of like the one of the nicest views in the city a 360 degree view of the city all open collaborative space from yeah. couches to high tops right through to an amazing rooftop patio that we won't use today because it's minus 20 yeah but yeah. that rooftop patio has like this amazing amazing view of everything from ocad to the cn tower yeah it's, I w- like looking at photos of uh, this space mm-hmm. in preparation i I thought it was multiple spaces. Like right. I, it's hard to tell. I was like, oh, the bike, the, the, right. the homage to the to the old bike shop yeah. is still the place with the best patio in the city. Yeah, we're, um, we're really proud of um, of our partnership with Urbane Cycle. Right? Yeah. When, we, when we had a chance to work with Allied on securing the space, um, we reached out to Urbane Cycle, who's this amazing co-op bike shop in Toronto who's celebrating 20 years. And they were the last tenant here. Yeah. So we called them up and said, hey, is, is there a way we can help provide some recognition mm-hmm. to what you've provided to the city of Toronto yeah. for the last two decades? Yeah. And they thought, sure, that sounds great. And we <laughs> yeah. thought, what would you yeah, like? We're not? like, well, we'd love, we'd love to like have some like mementos and, and maybe use your logo. Right. And they said, well, yeah, come on down and let's talk. So we went and visited them at their new location. Right. And we asked them, like, who, who do we need to talk to? Like, who, who has the authority? And they said, it's a co-op bike shop. We all do. And we're like, you're right. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. good. So they were really wonderful in just kind of supporting the opportunity to say, look, let's put some artistic vision here and showcase what this building was about for 20 years to the people of Toronto. And I think when you walk in and you see that and you see the exposed brick and the beams and, and you look up and you see the bike wheels and right. you see your Bane Cycles logo and then you see Thor over in the corner. Right. Anderson Pack is playing. Right. You got it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it just, 
who would have thought that working would look like this? Yeah. Right? I look back, I think about it's like my good. grandparents, right? They would probably look at me and say, what do you do every day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I would say? Yeah. I'd say, you know what? We're changing the world. And yeah. it's exactly what's happening yeah. on a co-working side. Our yeah. goal is to change the world. I'm, it's amazing. I'm interested. So I want to... Like we got to dive into all this, including uh, a bunch specifically about co-working and how flexible office is changing yeah. across Canada and across the world. You got it. Um, before we dive into everything, so Wayne, you are the CEO of uh, Canadian of IWG for Canada and Latin America. Yes. Uh, IWG, for those who might not know, is the parent company to Regis and Spaces and many other fantastic brands. Yes. Um, how did you get your how did you get to this place? <laughs> How did you get your yeah. start? Great divine intervention, right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's a great question. So, um, I'm Canadian, born and okay. raised in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to school, grew up, went to school in Ottawa. Garrett, you from Ottawa? What university? Oh, <laughs> <There you go. laughs> wow! Wait a minute. Are you are you are you Ottawa guy or Carlton? Carlton. I won't judge you. Oh, no. <laughs> Just kidding. I beat you at basketball. I thought you guys oh, were oh. <laughs> Seriously? Great basketball program. Oh Matter of fact, challenge U.S. challenges yeah, U.S. universities. NCAA oh. teams, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You got that right. I love watching the play. When they yeah, play teams great. like Western or something like that, I'm calling it. You guys here, it's like 100 to 60. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Uh, Ravens yeah. Ravens are the best yeah. basketball team in Canada. Yeah. Oh, it's because yeah. we win at every other sport. But. Oh, <laughs> oh, good football program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's great. Nice Ottawa connection. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> grew up, born, raised, went to school, and then uh, moved to Toronto, mainly because as a Canadian, you know, wanted to pursue business mm-hmm. and figured if you're going to make it, in Canada, it's just you know your own like young notion, right? It's like yeah. you're making Canada, you come to Toronto, you yeah. make it Toronto, make it right. anywhere. It's silly, you know. Yeah. But but you um, started my career in Toronto, and then had an opportunity to really have a, a wonderful career adventure. And, and I look at a career as just an opportunity to have a great adventure while you're pursuing amazing goals, right? Yeah. And um, over the last 22 years in business, I've split the time between Canada and the U.S., spent 10 years in the U.S. Yeah. in a number of different cities, uh, worked for great companies, had the opportunity to come back to Canada in 2011 in the depths of the U.S. economy, had to sell a house in Seattle, moved to Toronto, which was you know, leaving a tough housing market to the hottest housing market in North America, oh. right? So that was fun on a real Challenge, estate venture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... Came are, back. You, are you married right now? Do you have, was there travelers with you at that time? There were, yeah. Okay. Three, tr- four travelers, including a dog, right? Okay. So <laughs> absolutely. But you know, we lived in, uh, we lived in six cities and two countries over the period of 10 years. So mm-hmm. um, travel became part of our blood and we were right. very nomadic uh, and had an amazing, amazing experience over those years mm-hmm. wor- working for really great companies and being challenged in exciting kind of strategic ventures. And um, I was working, my last role before joining IWG, I was at Staples Mm -hmm. um, as a VP, managing our Canadian business on the sales side and um, had a wonderful time and experience with that company for years, the leader in their space. And and suddenly had got reached out to by an executive recruiter about an opportunity with IWG. You know, honestly, I had such a great career for for a long time, but I also knew in the back of my mind that 
it was time for something new. Yeah. Right? And I wanted to challenge myself in all endeavors, right? Where I was looking to take a step completely out of my comfort zone. I've yeah. always been somebody to try to challenge myself and take calculated risks. I'm a big believer in calculated risks yeah. and new adventures and trying to be the best at what I could be at every day and helping people really achieve their dreams. Like that's my goal as a yeah. people leader. And got reached out to by an executive recruiter, ignored that person for a month because yeah. you're busy focusing on yeah. your yeah. world. Running it and, Right, yeah. exactly. Running a business from a growth perspective, right? Yeah. And that person was persistent. And I thought, this person's so persistent, I have to return their phone call because I admire persistency, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> and if not to just offer them a job. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. right. Recruit them. You got it. And yeah. thank goodness because... Um, it was for the opportunity to be to run our Canadian business for IWG yeah. as um, an executive vice president, country manager, so general management role, yeah. which was great for me to take a step out of my traditional kind of senior VP sales role. Yeah. At the time, At, by the way, how, yeah. how many offices? Did great you have? question. 48 locations, okay. a million square feet. Okay. okay. That was four and a half years ago. Yeah. Right. Um, went through a number of interviews. And then all of a sudden, like really fell in love with this interesting concept known as co-working and flexible workspace, which by the way, four and a half years ago, you would not have seen a podcast about it. Right. Every time I talked to a journalist, their their first question was, what is this thing called co-working? Right. And what is this shared workspace, right? right? Um, and had a chance to join, immerse myself in the business. I will tell you guys, for everybody listening, um, it was the, I've made great decisions. It was the best decision of my life and mm -hmm. my career. And I think back of not having picked up that phone, returned the phone call. And I live with zero regrets. Yeah. That would have been a regret <laughs> yeah. because yeah. it's been such an electric such an electric, such a powerful experience for the last five years. Yeah. So I'll fast forward because it's been five years of development, construction, building right. amazing locations like right. spaces and Regis across the country. So five four and years a half operating at full throttle, the whole full time. throttle. Yeah. So where we are today from 48 locations, million square feet, we are going to be closing in 125 locations, mm. everything from our smallest location, you know, being 15,000 square feet, beautiful boutique Regis to uh, 125,000 square foot spaces locations in yeah. Vancouver, in uh, 400 West Georgia, in Gillespie and West Bank's beautiful, iconic wow. new project, which yeah. will change the landscape of real estate in Canada to 125,000 location at the well. I mean, one of the biggest investments yeah. in, ca in Canadian history. Yeah. Uh, God, like we're we're moving into 80 Atlantic and Liberty Village. We're moving out to St. Clair. We're yeah. we're just nonstop, guys. And your whole website is coming soon. Exactly, it's it's it's, like <laughs> it's amazing with a diversified portfolio of brands because that's what organizations are yes. looking for. I mean, you look at you look at the space that Deloitte took on Granville mm. um, in Vancouver. Yeah, the old Tom Lee Music Building. I walked into that building. The heritage and the beauty will blow your mind. And it's the first office building moving into an area on a street that is traditionally known for its entertainment venues. 
Wow. Right. So yeah. it's it's blending together um, this world of work with the world of amenities. Yeah. This and isn't this isn't a startup either. This is a massive company. I know. It's a massive company known for professionalism, yeah. right? Yeah. And yes. and really changing the face of what they do every day from a consulting perspective, right? So, yeah. so four and a half years, five years from 48 locations, a million square feet, we're closing in 125 locations, moving into 5 million square feet. It's, it's been unbelievable. And That's awesome. we're not done. So, <laughs> yeah. So my role as CEO um, is helping support our business across 21 countries, really building the best work of people's lives, both for our own team members Mm -hmm. across those locations to every single client, whether they're at Regis or Spaces or Number 18 or HQ. Um, It's been remarkable. And I think you'll see the world of co-working continue to shift dramatically yeah. over these next five to 10 years and beyond. Sorry, you, you got to jump in because uh, I can't see you as well. So just Oh, yeah, no, 100%. Just a quick point because you are in charge of Latin America and stuff yep. like that too, as well as Canada. Yes. How, how different are the formulas? Or are you pushing the same agenda across both? Because like great. completely different countries, right? Great question. Well, countries. There's 21 countries yeah, great. down there. But you know what? But you raise a really good point because it's interesting. I will tell you that from a professional perspective and a personal perspective, working with our teams in Latin America has been incredibly valuable for me. Mm-hmm. I've learned so much about individual cultures in mm-hmm. different countries. And many organizations look at Latin America as an entity. Yeah where the reality is it's this incredibly diverse collection of countries and peoples and like geopolitical situations and what's going on in argentina right now is completely different than what's going on in venezuela and colombia and chile and brazil right Right, exactly it's remarkable and Hmm. and um so the formula to answer your question the formula is consistent because Part of the goal of what we have, which is to be the world, we are today the world's largest provider of co-working and flexible space around the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 4,000 locations, diverse brand portfolio, 1,000 cities, 120 countries, right? right. But so, so to do that well, you do need economies of scale, right? Yeah. We open up a center a day around the world. That's It's yeah. insane, right? Wow. So. <laughs> So, and, and we're not stopping, right? right? So we actually have to move faster right. to support the surging demand for a whole host, for a whole host of reasons. Yeah. Um, but the formula is consistent. The look and feel of the centers are different. Like what you see here is, is not built for Toronto. It's actually built for Queen West, right? right? When you go to Yorkville, our spaces in Yorkville, which is stunning and yeah. elegant, yeah. that's built for not just, not just Yorkville, but it's built for 99 Yorkville, right? right? So you lease that space up in like a day, right? <laughs> it, opened, it, it opened up full. Yeah. It opened up full. Yeah. It's amazing. Right. By the way, so Vancouver, we're, we're opening up four spaces, mm. right? Three of them are full. Two of them haven't opened. 80,000 square feet full opens up in July. Hmm. 45,000 square feet in uh, Falls Creek Flats. Right. Uh, full. Sold out for five years. It's unbelievable. It doesn't open up wow. till November. Four in West Georgia 
is the only gas town opened up in September. Yeah. We have a couple of offices. If, if anybody out there needs an office in the best location in Vancouver, call us now because yeah. it's unbelievable in Gastown because we have a few offices left. That's it. Yeah. And then Foreign West Georgia is the only space we have remaining. And the only reason why it hasn't moved yet is because we don't have pricing. It's, it's literally three right. years out, right? So, so to answer your question on Latin America, <laughs> the, 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 the formula and the concept has economies of scale. And plus, if you're a global traveler, you want to know that you have nuances that are idiosyncratic and specific for the market, but you know what to expect. When you go to a spaces in Amsterdam, right. you want to be able to go to a spaces in Bogota and have the, a great similar feel. You know there's a cafe that's immersive and, and mm. amazing to the staff having complete consistency in how they operate when it comes to our, our client experience. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but what's different is there are, there are a lot of differences with Latin America, specifically around the country. So number one, um, how we measure, how we, how we drive our portfolio growth is different from an investment perspective. Because you look at Canada, mm -hmm. right? Very much institutional, very REIT focused, uh, very organized. You go down to Latin America, it's a completely different story by country, right? Mexico, mm -hmm. very different than Colombia, very different right. than you know, Argentina, right? So Brazil. So we look at how we grow from an investment perspective, very different. How we in how we partner, very, very different. Right. Um, and, um, and then also each country, we, we have very specific strategies for how we manage the country because you have situations where, you know, some countries it's easy to invest your, your equity and your income in, very difficult to extract from the country, mm -hmm. right? So we have to make sure that we're de-risking, right. right? Which, by the way, is what many of our enterprise companies and global large corporate organizations are trying to do as well, country by country dependency. So right. we're seeing this dramatic shift in how companies are operating in real estate in those types of markets because their markets they want to they want to deploy in. They're big markets to build your business. Yeah. But there are varying degrees of risk depending on the country. Mm -hmm. So this co-working gives them an opportunity to have complete flexibility and to be able to de-risk. Wow. And do you find like a lot of individuals that end up going to the Latin American companies are are local in nature or they end up being like nomadic people that are coming from, you know, Great the question, US or yeah. Canada that are floating Re down south? Really good question. Um, I'd say it's about a 60-40 split. 60% huh. which is local um, individuals building their business, looking for co-working as a primary means to run their business, whether it's part of the contingent workforce, which continues to grow, you know, freelancers, startups, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. individual contractors, etc. I, I will tell you that overall, I see a very healthy startup community across Latin America and, by the way, in Canada. This yeah. is the best startup community I've seen in Canada in the years I've been in business. Um, so it's a 60-40. Um, but what's interesting is the enterprise business, the large institutional business has greatly accelerated. So right. um, we're seeing a larger and larger demand for space from our enterprise clients. Well can you speak to that a little mm -hmm. bit more? Why? And it's, it, but it's growing double digits each year. Yeah. What, why do they want uh, to be in a spaces as opposed to a traditional 
space. Right. So um, a few reasons why. I'm sorry, go ahead. And, and, and uh, just if you could speak to the Deloitte, uh, the big Deloitte move as well. Yeah, I'd be happy uh, to. I, the, one of the really cool things about the Deloitte deal, I think five years ago, first of all, I don't think there would have been any chance that Deloitte and IWG would have partnered excitingly on a news release, a press release to yeah. talk about this move, mm-hmm. right? If you think about co-working five years ago, you know, IWG, Regis, has been around for 30 years. Yeah. They're the pioneers in this space, Yeah, right? I don't care what anybody says. Mm-hmm. Mark Dixon started this business. He yeah. started the concept, right? And still incredibly, he's my boss. He's okay. incredibly active in yeah. the business, right? Wow. He has a vision that is unrelenting, right? right? Which is incredible. Um, but even five years ago, the concept of like a large organization like Deloitte taking 80,000 square feet, which by the way is what kind of the, the message is, right? They yeah. are taking 80,000 square feet, but yeah. what some people don't know is they're actually taking 100,000 square feet. Because they took 80,000 square feet at spaces on Granville, the full okay. building. Yeah, 700 employees or so. 700 employees moving into yeah. the space. It's going to change the face of that street. And it, the reason why they did it is because it supports their new workplace strategy. Hmm. Because there is a talent war out there to yeah. attract and retain the top talent individuals. Mm-hmm. And the value in working in, an, in a beautiful, immersive, open collaborative space is now a top three value in an employee selecting a company right right so wow. money position succession planning all important for sure yeah all of a sudden workspace is a high priority the yeah. ability to work when where how right is critical mm-hmm access points for convenience to be able to work from where they need to to get their job done critical and people want to work in great space yeah Mm -hmm. right so the industrialization of cubicles etc those days are over right people choose great organizations for their workplace strategy right so deloitte working with spaces moving their 700 uh, people into spaces granville Mm. was because it supports their workplace strategy they want to provide their employees with this incredible space where they can gather, they can collaborate, they can innovate, yeah. they can host a space that they're proud of, that they're excited to go to every day. Mm-hmm. But here's what's interesting, and this is what differentiates IWG from the rest of the co-working providers. 700 people moving into 800 square feet. Um, for that reason, workplace. Right. How, how long are they there for, by the way? They're, I can't comment the length of the contract, right? Okay. But it will be years, right? So I guess I just did comment on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the exact contract term is. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but, but they also took 20,000 square feet at a Regis. You okay. know why? Because they have individuals who want a different working environment. Mm, right. Design, location, contemporary versus industrial right mm-hmm. the a little more privacy more drywall the offices yeah. versus glass all those factors come into play right? right so so the big story was deloitte and spaces partnering together right at spaces granville right it's going to be amazing the hidden story is 
multi-brand location and strategy to support the specific needs within an organization, mm. right down to the department level and to the individual lead need. Right. They'll be in a beautiful contemporary Regis as well, right? So, so this is where you see a diversified brand strategy work. So, to, so Deloitte, that was a big part of their decision. We had, we had an opportunity to partner together. We have a global relationship. Yeah. in which they work with us across a number of countries. Um, and the space was exactly what they wanted to meet their workplace strategy. And, yeah. and, and I'm personally, and we're very proud to host them in that location. Yeah. Right? Now, from a corporate perspective, what's driving corporations? Mm. Years ago, there's no way companies would have thought, well, it's, why would we take 80,000 square feet from a co-working provider, right? Yeah. It's going to be more expensive. We're going to lose our culture. Right. We're, you know, it's our space. We want our name on the building, right? Those concepts and ideologies are completely shifting today mm -hmm. for a few reasons why. Let me get into the financial piece. First of all, whether people believe it or not, right, there is savings in moving into co-working versus a conventional lease. Yeah, yeah. Right. In in a number of ways, right? That's just even the fact that a lot of your employees might not be in a traditional office. They're Bingo. not using their mm -hmm. office exactly. space, Exactly. Right? 50 to 60% of a traditional office goes unutilized, it, mm. not unused during the week, right? Because people are out driving business, right? Right. We're not in a world today where it's all the manufacturing line, where yeah. people have to be in a space specifically to get the job done, Yeah. right? We're shifting, technology's become such an enabler. Yeah. People are able to get to be most productive from various locations, right? So, so what it helps companies do is actually maximize efficiency, use less space, mm. right, for more people. That's where you talk about densification model, yeah. right? Because you don't have that many people in the space all the time. There's also a huge opportunity for companies to number one, um, eliminate all their capital costs, right? Because if you think about the capital that goes into the space, if Deloitte wanted to take that building, for example, they're investing in the lease, right? 10, 15 years, mm -hmm. right? They're also investing all the capital, which will represent 30, 40% of the overall costs, right? right? And they also have the staff, right? So you have to build it, you have to furnish it, you have to institute the best technology, right. you have to get all your phone systems integrated, you gotta hire people, all those pieces. And then, right. of course, if you're Deloitte, you're building other amenities in the space, right? right. As, as we see here at yeah. the Deloitte Building in Toronto. Yeah, God forbid you grow as well. That's yeah. the other piece, right? So you got it, exactly. Yeah. So suddenly, right, there's a massive capital investment Companies now recognize that they can move from a CapEx requirement, a capital investment requirement, to nothing but an operating cost, right? So now hmm. it shifts their balance sheet, mm -hmm. it shifts their P&Ls, it shifts their posted EBITDA, right? And it gives them tremendous flexibility because companies are moving at such a, such a fast clip, a fast rate today, yeah. right? So financially for companies, there's savings. We see net savings for organizations anywhere from 25% and higher when they move to a co-working facility versus their own conventional real estate. Right. The other big piece is we're the experts in design, right? So, yeah. so 
Because our business is moving. You have 4,000 offices. Right, exactly. Like, I'll show you offices where I look and I say, boy, did we ever make a mistake. Right? Right. But because we're building constantly and because we're so in touch with the trends in what people are looking for, we're able to push the trends. Yeah. Right? So we see this all the time because we talk to companies who are trying to build these new concepts. And we see companies that move to this idea of open collaboration and they just do nothing but open collaboration. The reality is that's not what you need. You actually need, again, an ecosystem. You need a collection. People need privacy still, but they also need openness, right? Right. So we want to make sure people can help max their space. We're, We're in a business, at least we are at IWG, where we want to provide the best locations to conduct the best work in people's lives. But we also have a fiduciary responsibility to our shareholders to make mm-hmm. money. We're profitable. Right. So we need to make sure we understand the monetized space. <laughs> That's a big one, which we'll we talk may about. get into that. <laughs> so, make money. Right, exactly. So, so, so we, uh, we understand how to provide an amazing experience and monetize. So back to your piece on enterprise, capital gone, complete de-risk, which is great. Yeah. There's also accounting principle laws changes that went into place in January called IFRS 16. Mm-hmm. which requires organizations now to post their leases as liabilities on their balance sheet, hmm. right? So it doesn't change a company's cash flow because they're still paying, but what it does is it changes their posted EBITDA, right? right? So if you're a publicly traded company, at, at the best case scenario, you're explaining to your shareholders why your EBITDA has dropped, right? right? Mm-hmm. So, so what this has done is accelerate at the, at, at, in organizations to say, look, how should we be looking at real estate, right? And how should we be looking at this second or first largest cost on our business? Right. And the last big piece is, look, if you think about commercial real estate, right? The notion of utilization in space is changing dramatically. A 10 and 15 year lease is considered bloated. Yeah. A five-year sublease is considered bloated. Yeah. Companies want flexibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? At the same time, in the leasing market, as an agent, we wouldn't take anything less than a 10 or 15. You're years. right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So. If you're in it, you got it. In the market, you wouldn't touch In a market like this today, you yeah. wouldn't touch it, right? Yeah. Companies can come to us and they can sign up for a month, right. right? So they can flex up and down. We see this all the time with enterprise organizations going into new markets. They want to get up and running the next day. Hmm. They can come to us tour, sign their space, and move in the next day right. for a month, for years. It's up to them. Interesting. Yeah. We, it's, it's so, so we're seeing this desire for flexibility. We're seeing this real big desire to de-risk. We're seeing this desire to reduce capital investment. Yeah. Um, and there's savings while companies can utilize space better. So every single company, without exaggeration, that we talk to, every single enterprise company is looking today at how they can leverage flexible workspace and co-working as part of the real estate portfolio. Hmm. Some companies are more aggressive than others. Yeah. Some companies are at a stage where they're learning, they're evaluating, they're trying to understand what the cultural implication is, they're trying to figure out how they continue to manage, right? right? Some companies are incredibly aggressive where they're saying, we're not interested in any locations beyond maybe our corporate headquarters. And let's build a hub and spoke me- methodology around how we manage it because they oh, see the savings yeah. and the flexibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. 
just on like a sub note here because i didn't realize that deloitte had an 80 20 split between like you know a creative type of office maybe mm-hmm. similar to this and then a 20 percent slice into like a more corporate-esque mm-hmm. type of environment mm-hmm. have has anybody ever quantified you know the increase in productivity that somebody might be able to achieve from being in a a different space like one individual sitting in a space like this versus sitting in a space that's you know more you're in a closed office type of thing yeah it's it's a really good question and i think part of what we're seeing from organizations is their desire to quantify productivity because mm-hmm. what it does is provide them with an objective financial measurable mm-hmm. on the return on investment mm-hmm. right so i, I think that's p- partly why we sit down with a number of companies and just help them run the numbers because once you run the numbers, it's easy to see savings, right? right. So that's mm-hmm. great, right? right? Um, but what we're seeing from our organizations is still, we're still kind of in the qualification world, right? The, the mm-hmm. qualitative world versus quanti- quanti- quantitative world. Mm-hmm. Um, they can quantify and evaluate an increase in their employee satisfaction rates. Mm-hmm. They can evaluate their employee retention, right? Mm-hmm. They can evaluate their um, employee attrition rates and also their hiring success by offering up this type of environment, a co-working environment versus a traditional environment. Um, I think productivity is still one of those that they're measuring and hoping they see an increase in productivity, <laughs> yeah. right? I, right down to the fact that, like, for example, if a company works with IWG, if they're a member of Spaces here in Queen West, they have access to the other 110 locations currently open across the country. So if you live in, you know, for example, in in, in uh, Port Moody, British Columbia, mm-hmm. right, and you office out of Spaces Granville and they get hit with a snowstorm, you know, twice a year yeah right suddenly you can go to regis and port moody and be just as effective not more because you just eliminated four hours of commute time right right so that is a quantifiable measurable opportunity Mm -hmm. um i think you're seeing from some companies in our space this uh this kind of evaluation around like how do they how can they provide back to companies the opportunity to measure how much time is spent in space. And, and I think that's gonna be something that will be kind of an interesting notion over the next mm-hmm. few years, right? In terms of how that works and with privacy concerns, et cetera. So I, I think it's still, there are quantifiables around employee satisfaction and EMPS. There are quantifiables around the space that people use, which we can measure because yeah. they're checking in, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and I personally believe there is a heightened level of productivity in space like this because they're getting more done in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's still some like quantitative gaps for mm. sure. Yeah. Ooh, more time, more information. Yeah. More time. It's funny because you're, you're right. And, and also trying to understand how you truly measure productivity, yeah. mm. right, is, is, it is key. subjective. Very much so. Right. I I wouldn't be surprised if companies that have completely committed to co-working, I'm, I'm sure, are looking at and saying, we see a productivity increase, right? Because right? part of it's like connecting to their own mission and their vision. Well, right. especially companies like Deloitte, like I feel like they would be keeping, you know, a pretty heavy eye on that type of, you know, output from their employees because they are a churn. They're a machine and you have a machine moving into your spaces and they're going to be watching and, and 
quantifying everything that they possibly can. You are. That's what they do. You are accountants. You are absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. How big is the market, and how big is it going to be? Like, in tw- I think there's a couple studies that have come out in 2030. Co-working space will be as much as 30 yeah. percent of all offices, or something like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, how is it? How can it be growing like that? And I guess, like, is that accurate? What do you see? It's a great question. So, first of all, here's what we see: an incredible surge of demand. Mm-hmm. Right. So, as we talked earlier, you know, we've grown five x, which you think about. We're we could now be the largest tenant in Canada outside of the banks and the government, right? That's, yeah. that's, we're up there, right? Because yeah. um, we've just been on this asp- aspirational growth mode. Yeah. And I will tell you, I did some, I took a look at some numbers. And if we hadn't grown to the degree we had, if let's say we grew at the half the rate yeah. that we grew, yeah. while all of our competitors are growing as well. Yeah we would not have been able to provide service for 30% of the clients. It's <laughs> remarkable. We, we just would not have been able to like provide space. Right. Like we would have been full across every location from Regina to Halifax to right wow. here at Pink right. Queen Street. Um, so what we're hearing from analysts, and you're exactly right, you know, we, JLL came in with a study and talked about how by Never 20- heard of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> One of a few of the uh, commercial real estate. Right? Um, so they 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 came out and uh, I will put a pro- look, yeah. I will put a plug in for Colliers. They're our strategic partner in Canada. Right. Okay. We love them, right? So, um, but um, the study came out that said by 2030, 30 percent of commercial real estate will be considered co-working. Hmm. And if you think about that number. You know, today there's 750 million square feet of real estate, including government assets across Canada. Okay. If that that number by 2030 would represent 225 million square feet, let's say 250 million square feet. Yeah. Today, like we're the largest. It, it's a it's a highly fragmented industry, like yeah. most surging early embryonic industries, right? Which even though we're 30 years in, it's still early stage because people are really, this is becoming mainstream the last three years. Yeah. And you guys are still growing like a startup too. You got it. Absolutely. Like we can't access enough capital to grow at the rate we need to. Yeah. Right. So we're the largest, but if you look at everybody in our industry combined here in Canada, let's say, Mm -hmm. um, we represent maybe 2%. Wow. Right. So, yeah. So even if the number isn't 30, even if it's 10%, let's say that's 75 million square feet. Mm-hmm. Guys, we're five today. Yeah. Right. So we can't even keep up with the demand. Yeah. And so, so I think what you're going to see in this industry is, first of all, I think you're going to see rationalization. Right? Because at some point, this is also the longest commercial real estate bubble we've seen on a global scale, yeah. contiguous, right? That yeah. will end, right? There's, they all do, right? Yeah. And so yeah. um, that, will, that will end, yeah. you know, and that will present tremendous opportunity for rationalization in this business. Because the thing about this business is it's, um, it's not easy to operate. It's like hotels. Yeah. If it was if it was easy, everybody would do it, yeah. right? And I'm sure we'll talk about landlords later on, et cetera. But yeah. um, but um, but the bit, the opportunity is immense, and 
because you because contingent workforce is growing exponentially. Right. Know, today, 30% of Canadians are considered contingent, right? Freelancers, contractors, et cetera. That number is growing to 40% in the next two years. Mm-hmm. So if you think about that, there's 18 million employable Canadians. Um, right now, it's 6 million is contingent. You, you see them here walking around. Yeah. Right? It's amazing how many freelancers are here. Freelancers want to be in an environment where they can collaborate together and they want to be productive. Yeah. Because there's a real social component to space, mm-hmm. right? There's a loneliness factor in working from home, et cetera. Yeah. People it's, want it, to connect. Yeah, it can be kind of romantic to work from home for a day. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it, for people. a day because it feels that like a depressing. long weekend. Yeah. It's depressing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Guys, I won't work from home. There's yeah. no way. I love being in a vibrant environment where I can be productive. Yeah. Kitchen tables, not valuable, right? right. So, so contingent workforce is growing from 30 to 40% by 2021. Mm. It'll grow to 51% by 2027. So by 2027, you have you'll have ten you'll have nine and a half million Canadians employable, yeah, yeah. who need a great place to work because they're part of this contingent workforce. Co-working is their answer, mm-hmm. right? Then you have this dramatic shift in technology, which enables people to work from wherever they need to at any given time. Right. The whole notion of nine to five is over, right? People yeah. work at any given point, depending on what their needs are, and people are becoming more globalized on their teams. And organizations are saying flexibility, flexibility, flexibility for the reasons we talked about. So so I think what you're going to see is this industry is still very early stage. There's dramatic growth in front of us. Um, You will see more and more companies and players come into the mix, um, which is, I think, great because it's challenging everybody to rethink their assets mm-hmm. as well, um, and and really understand this business and how to provide an amazing community, not just amenity. Because right. right now we're talking about amenities, but mm-hmm. it's really about community, right? And about amazing productive space, right? right. So, um, so I think, look, even if it grows to ten percent, all of us combined in this space today, ourselves our competitors, all of us combined actually can't access the space required. Forget about the capital. They can't access the space required to grow, to meet the demand. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think in five years, co-working will just be called working. This is a concept today that we label. The reality is it's just working. (laughs) Work. We're gonna clip it right there. That's a that's a good one. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Fade to black. Yeah. Um, what a what a, a fantastic segue though. So um, talking about the competitive landscape, mm-hmm. we have WeWork. How much how much money did they? I think they got what two billion. I'll, yeah, we're they're about SoftBank. They're raising money left and right. Yeah. I don't know if like they're not profitable, right? No, they lose $2 billion a year. <laughs> right. I, I, like a lot of people are looking More at that. More than the revenues. But. Yeah. A lot of people are looking at that as extremely unsustainable. I don't know how they're, where the valuation comes from. Um, but there's also, uh, you know, Oxford starting their own co-working mm-hmm. space. Oxford, there's, yeah. Like there's, there's going to be more, mm-hmm. right? Um, can you talk about the difficulty of operating and also, um, you know, how you guys are, are different as more and more people mm-hmm. come into the space? Well, let me say a few things. First of all, I, I will say that 
competition has been the best thing for us. Um, you know, you mentioned WeWork earlier mm-hmm. on. Uh, they've done amazing things for this business, right? You can certainly look at their business model and, you know, walk through your own thoughts. Um, a couple of things they did, though, was they, they created, I think they helped create a, a personality around co-working, mm-hmm. right? And they, and they really kind of shifted this idea of functional space. You know, like yeah. when we launched, it was incredibly new, yeah. right? But it was also 30 years ago, you know, it was actually about provide space as a function, it was very functional. It was yeah. very, it was very like almost like utilitarian, right? Like, um, right. and and clients back then, it was all about like keep the space almost like beautiful design, very sophisticated, very agnostic, hmm. right? Because clients wanted their clients to walk in feeling like oh. they made it. Yeah. This is their space, yeah. right? So, it was never about Regis. It right. was about the client experience. Right. And I think WeWork helped put a face to co-working. So that was, I think, a powerful moment in this industry where suddenly culturally co-working became really cool. Yeah. Right. Um, and um, and you and I think you see like the reflection on the investment is um, you know, certainly I think it, it's it's a demonstration of interest in what the future looks like. Um, you probably saw the other day, I mean, look, you commune, which is a large, um, Chinese coworking organization mm. is planning on IPOing, right. Um, driving a $3 billion valuation, right? right? So there's a lot, a lot of interest in this, in this world. Now, yeah. I also think there's going to be tremendous rationalization, right? Be, That's be, right. Because at the end of the day, you, you to be successful, right. You need to provide an amazing experience. And you need to be able to be sustainable, right? Right. So, um, so land. We're seeing, you know, traditional organizations like landlords get into the space. Um, we see Oxford, right, who's a great partner of ours yeah. here in Canada and globally, uh, express some interest. And I think it's important for every organization who is in commercial real estate who is interested to be considering what co-working means to them mm. um, because of a few things. And I, and I will tell you in direct conversation with, with my partners every day across the Oxfords of the world. Um, number one, it's because their clients are asking them. Right. They want to know what's your plan because the idea of just managing an asset is kind of shifting now. People are challenging you know, the notion of what the environment should be the minute you walk in the door. Right. So I'll give you an idea at Spaces or Regis. Look, there are many times we're actually managing the lobbies of buildings. Right. We're, we're turning a lobby into an amenity, right? When we're mm-hmm. working with companies like First Gulf on a new project like The Shift, mm. we're sitting down with them. We used to sit down and say, we want the top two floors with great views. Yeah. Now we're saying, we want the lobby. Yeah. We want the lobby to, the, to, to six to eight floors because we want to create such an amazing environment for you and your clients and the public. Yeah. Right? That we're going to help raise your building's <laughs> yeah. profile no kidding. and help you make more money. Yeah. Right? And then throw Google on the top. Right on. Place. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. right. I want every person walking down the street to go, what is that place? Yeah. You know, one of the best compliments we had on this building at Spaces, our grand opening, 
no speeches, no ribbon cutting, mm. no you know dignitaries, right? We wanted to have a party, mm. right? We wanted to introduce spaces to the world according to Canada, yeah. right? We had a thousand people through the doors. I thought it was the largest, it was the best attended co-working event globally. Yeah. Globally, That's regardless of competitor, <laughs> thousand people, yeah. right? And I had a friend who was taken up. It was, it was electric, right? Yeah. And it was like great partners and food vendors and just like this amazing experience. And, and I had a friend of mine who was taking a picture outside to send to me. And it was funny. He told me the story where a couple was walking down the street, young couple. Yeah. Right? Um, and they were walking down the street. And she had turned to, to, to the guy and said, oh, what is that place? And he turned and said, oh, it's some new club. Right? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. we are sexy. Yeah. Here we go. We made yeah. it, people. We made it, right? So, uh. so, um, so, so I think ev- everybody from the institutional landlords, developers, yeah. asset managers, partners, I think people are investigating. But here, here's what I think is going to happen if you want my prediction, mm-hmm. right? I think some may investigate, but the reality is, you know, organizations do well when they stay in their lanes. So we're not interested in establishing today our own REIT or, you know, large portfolio of assets. That's on our list for questions. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, We understand our excellence. We are the best Mm -hmm. at building immersive communities and operating great co-working and flexible workspaces yeah right it's what we do so well if you look at us from the back office side it's just a well-oiled machine from marketing to you know to driving leads to integrating with our teams to showcasing right down to managing the three kitchens that are in this place, right? Right. It's a ton of work. By the way, with people who aren't paying their monthly lease, right? They're right. paying a rent. Like in this building, we'll have 150 companies. Just imagine managing the accounts receivable of that, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So, so organizations are looking at it. They're investigating it because it's so it's such because because of the 30% growth opportunity yeah. because of this notion of rent and charge up charges right because of the opportunity to drive profit and extract profit right but the reality is from an operational perspective it is tough to operate yeah right and you have to be so finite every single day on every inch of space in how you operate so what i think will happen is companies will dabble Mm -hmm. right um companies will investigate to say what do we want to do about co-working? Do we want to create our own entity? Do we want to leverage our own assets and roll something out? Do we want to have a, an organization? Um, you look at 111, right? Which is an Omer's Ventures organization, right? Mm. Who provides co-working facilities for scale-ups. By the way, mm. they're a global partner of IWG, right? They're moving away from capital and working with us, mm. right? To partner together, right? So, so I think companies will dabble. Companies will investigate. Some may step in. But I think what will happen long term is people will recognize let's partner with the best partners yeah and let's find a way to make sure we're providing the client experience that our clients are looking for not trying to rebuild what has been deployed and and also 
work with an organization or organizations that do it really well so you don't have to worry about having to try to build something and learn, for example, with us, from the 30 years of what we've learned, yeah. mm -hmm. right? So it's a tough business to operate. It's the same thing around why, how come landlords aren't all hotel operators, right? Right? Because they're very different businesses, yeah. right? This is an incredibly different business. Hmm. Um, interesting point, actually, just real quick. Um, with obviously the growth of co-working space and then you guys have your own effectively internal sales and marketing team do you think that that's going to severely detract from you know some of your partners like colliers and i am so <laughs> glad you answered that question yeah so Garrett, it's a great, great question, question. Yeah. so i will tell you so i sit on a lot of panels right and i'm usually mm. on panels with you know my my partners and friends from oxford and allied and yeah. brookfield etc and that question comes up it's like look our is co-working friends or foes to commercial real estate? Yeah. The reality is, my opinion is, it all depends on who you partner with, hmm. right? So I will tell you, for example, our goal is to make sure that every single broker across Canada and Latin America has the education and the knowledge and the thought leadership yeah. to be able to provide the best solutions for their clients, Yeah. right? So we look at ourselves today more as our goal with our, with our brokers partners is to be thought leaders, right? It's not about send me your leads. It's about <laughs> let me, let, which by the way, we- Which is not a bad thing. We, it's not a bad thing. We, we'll ask for them later, yeah. right? When we deserve yeah. them, right? Yeah. So, but, but it, it's a few things, right? It's about, helping educate the brokerage community, mm -hmm. right? Because I, this is really important for every broker who's listening to this podcast. I need you to know that every one of your clients is thinking about co-working. Right. And if you're not talking about it, you're at a threat of losing your client to somebody else who's more educated and more progressive in offering up a full range of solutions. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that because I'm like, you know, I'm in co-working. Yeah. I'm just telling you, I talk to companies every single day. Yeah. It's amazing where we've come in the last five years. Every company I talk to, whether they're 12 people or Deloitte or Amazon or Google yeah. or Facebook, they're all integrating co-working. Yeah. From the most conservative, traditional organizations right through to the most progressive who understand how to leverage their balance sheet and what their, what their employees are looking for, right? Yeah. They're all talking about it. So please make sure you take the time to give your, ask great questions and give your clients a full range of understanding solutions. So yeah. on the brokerage side, we want to be thought leaders, yeah. right? That's a key piece. We want to help we want to help our brokers educate their clients on options. The other piece that we've learned over the last couple of years is there's a there's a myth towards understanding as a broker the money you can make in oh. signing a deal Insane. with flexible workspace. Yeah, it is. It's versus a conventional lease. I think there's a notion of like conventional lease will pay you know two x the amount that you're going to earn. Mm -hmm. from um from from a co-working deal I, I will tell you guys it's like 
we do the math for a bro- part of our present when we meet in a broker's house yeah. right part of what we always make sure we do is like, let's walk through an understanding around what it looks like yeah i don't know if either of I don't know if you guys, I know you guys are on the investment side, but. Yeah, so I, I mean, I find it especially useful being on the investment side because when people talk to me about leasing and say, hey, um, do you have space for our 10 person team? I don't, I don't, first of all, I don't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I refer that, like nobody wants that even within our organization a lot of the time. It's, it might be too small, they're not sure what they want to do. Um, I've like we had John Bass Bercy, yes. who I love. He's a um, wonderful area manager for us. Yeah, Fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um he's yeah, he's the man. So he uh and he's the reason we're here as well. He said uh you guys should speak with Wayne. Absolute weapon, you're gonna love him. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Thank so, you, John. Um, um but if you send him anything, like the responsiveness, the yeah. like you know, the consideration for okay, is this a relationship that you wanna manage? Do you want us to handle Bingo. it like this? And at the end of the day, you can get paid. I think we, we like the same rates as if somebody else did a five-year deal. Right. Um, we did um, a gentleman in our downtown office, I think, I think he forwarded, maybe there's slightly more work involved, but I think he forwarded a lead for <laughs> deal and made like, you know, I don't know yeah. if I can say it on here, but like so, close to a hundred grand. Like, yes, exactly, exactly. Bananas. Think about making, 10% of the contract. Like, it's remarkable. So to your point, I think two quick things on that piece. Mm. One, three things. One, what we've learned is for us, thought leadership key. Two, helping brokers understand how they get paid and the money they can actually make. Yeah. I was in Vancouver a couple of weeks ago. We had an opportunity to get together with the Collier's brokers yeah. who brokered the Granville deal. Mm. By the way, they also brokered the deal for the school that's moving into our Great Northern Way location. Right. Five-year deal, 45,000 square feet, wow. right? I'm not lying <laughs> to you. That's they, crazy, too. They took us out for dinner. Mm. <laughs> like that, <laughs> right. that's, we wanted to pick up the check. I'm, be, I'm right. telling you right <laughs> now. It's like I offered, gentlemen, multiple <laughs> times to pick up the check. They paid for dinner. I just approved their broker <laughs> check i want to fly out personally with a suitcase and hand it over to the yeah. just make it the yeah. ultimate ceremony it yeah. was unbelievable i'm so excited for them guys i can't tell you that's a crazy experience when both people are you're like oh my god they made us such a great deal and they're like oh my god these just guys don't know how much money they just made us in in that team of brokers the two gentlemen yeah they did both deals hmm. so they they have two checks coming that I wish on this podcast I could share with you the amount it was. It yeah. was unbelievable. I'm so, I'm, I'm excited for them. Yeah. I'm proud of the fact that they're doing very well, uh-huh. right? Now, those are great deals, but the point is, this is why it's really important. Number one, we act with urgency yeah. with our brokers, right? Yeah. And we want them to know full confidence a broker could as simply, it could be as simple as send us the name and the phone number. Yeah. Don't worry about it. We got it under control. We'll keep you fully updated. We're, right. You know they're going to get the absolute best treatment because they're your clients and we understand they're your clients for life. Yeah. And the one thing you can trust with us is we're not interested in eradicating the broker from the experience. Right. Unlike some other people in our industry. Right. Right. 
and for you us. Guys, and you guys actually pay people. I've heard not everybody in the industry is as, as quick on that account. We, we pay fast because, we, and, and you can track it. It's all on the broker app, right? Yeah. There's, a, there's yeah. an IWG app for our brokers, yeah. right? You, all you have to do is submit and track, done, right? So, so um, for us, urgency, confidence, and then, and then to your point, you think about the work that goes in if you're a broker. I think about a couple of things. I think about the guy, the guys and the ladies that are cutting their teeth in brokerage. Mm -hmm. It's a tough business. Yeah. And it's like 90% turnover and you're making a minor little draw and then you got to build your book and you got to earn your seat every year. Yeah. And that comes from revenue. If we can help more and more brokers earn their revenue thresholds, thresholds and their goals so they can they can grow their financial position and grow their bank account and build a successful a successful career. Mm-hmm. Boy, nothing makes me happier. And they can do that working with us, yeah. right? Because they mm-hmm. can you think about the work that goes into a 10-person deal in a market like Toronto or Vancouver or Montreal today. That it could carry on for a year with everything from searching to the legal component to the contract, et cetera. And sometimes you get through that 12 month period. And next thing you know, that company who's operating with 10 people suddenly says, oh, wait a minute, I got to like secure some additional funding, et cetera. And and then you've invested a long time. Yeah. Versus on top of that, they might just go with a co-working space. Bingo. (laughs) Exactly. Which most of them do, because here's the other thing we're seeing now. We've seen a lot of companies take their own space. And they actually want to come back to co-working because what companies are saying, it's really interesting. They're saying, you know, we got our own space and it's, it was awesome because it's like this, like almost like philosophical feeling of accomplishment. Right. right? But then the reality is they walk in, they say, well, where's the coffee? (laughs) And and wait a minute, we got a furnace place. And of course, like there's a lot of effort that goes in. Right. But also what's interesting is they say they became very exclusive. What I mean by that is, you know, how do companies grow? Well, mm. they grow by getting their word out and by integrating and networking and having mm. a chance to like establish their business with great concepts and also communicating great concepts. Yeah. When you're at a co-working facility, you know, we, we purposely operate six to 10 events a week out of this location and spaces. Mm. Every, every IWG location across Canada and Latin America operates at minimum one event a month. One, like just minimum and many of them yeah. do them once a week. The whole purpose is, is frankly, for like gathering, right. to bring people together. The people in here will know each other. Bingo. Mm-hmm. Whether it's on our community app virtually, mm-hmm. right? Or whether it's getting people together here. Here's a special place because I remember when I was officing here, I probably got, I was at a point where I, I never had more work done and less work done at the same time. <laughs> I, I remember in January, Right, we thought let's do a health and wellness month because we just came off one great December right. and November, and by January tenth, people were knocking on my door saying, "Hey, Wayne, like, when's the next happy hour?" I'm like, "Really? Okay, well, <laughs> right. forget the juice bar, right?" Yeah. So, um, so the ten people, right? This is so much easier, and you you get paid immediately on ten percent of the contract value, which sometimes is more than what you would have made on that on yeah. that lease. Yeah, and then, but the but the big piece is. Because a lot of brokers would look at our business and say, yeah, like the 10 person or less, that's a great home run. Or the swing space, right? Between conventional contracts and leases, home run. Or the project space when somebody like a Deloitte and a Scotiabank gather for a year and they need space off site, et cetera, right? Right. That's a home run. But 
the enterprise business, right? Take a look, right? We're leasing full buildings out to enterprise organizations today. Hmm. Why? Because they want to be in co-working because they want to eliminate capital, capital investment from that really big P&L line, right? They want flexibility and they want immersive, beautifully designed experiences. Yeah, they want right? the best employees. Bingo, exactly. And we're still paying 10% on those deals and we're seeing examples of it every, maybe not every day, but definitely every week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's, it's, it's incredible. One of my friends, uh, one of my friends was like, how do I just sign up? Every single client in our database was like, well, you, you can't do that. I wanted to ask you, so like how many employees do you have like in total, the whole team? Great question. So across Latin America mm. and Canada, mm. we have roughly 750 employees. Okay. Um, Small army. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So one of the one of our big initiatives this year strategically is actually roll out franchising. And we're going to start to franchise our model. Interesting. But, yes. That is for neat. for a few reasons why. Number 1, co-working is incredibly mainstream. Yeah. Number 2, it helps us de-risk. Because there's if you think about Canada, right? Canada as an organization internally has received an imbalance ratio of investment. And what I mean by that is we've gotten more money than we probably would normally think you would because of the size and nature of the country. Yeah. Right. We've grown a five X yeah. gentlemen like it, that requires huge capital. Yeah. Right. So, so as an organization for us to get from 4,000 locations to 30,000 locations, right, we're going to require more than just our own capital. Right. And, um, and we're an organization that again is fiduciarily responsible and we make money. Mm. Right. So this is an opportunity to expand. Right. Mm. So franchising is a key piece for us. What will that look like? Like they can brand as a Regis appear on your website and then is it, are you managing the reception? Are you managing the great question? The yes, yes, yes. Right. Okay. So we're going to be, we're, we work with our landlords and our partners. We may be, managing their space in a revenue share model or a profit share model. Mm -hmm. um, we're also looking at franchising where we're basically, we're basically offering up franchise rights for yeah. different clusters of territories across the country and around the world. But by the way, not just in places like you know Saskatoon, yeah. but in downtown Toronto. Because yeah. the reality is we know based on the trends that we need an opportunity to continue to grow, right? And there's an acceleration of need for this space, yeah, right? So franchising, while we continue to grow corporately, is a major initiative in helping us continue to grow at a greatly accelerated rate while we manage our own capital investment and allow our franchisees to diversify. Mm -hmm. So the reason why I bring it up is because from, if you think about franchise, if you think about labor, yeah, what's interesting about this type of space is it's a big capital investment to build, mm -hmm. but to operate because we're because we have such large global infrastructure and systems, right? To operate this space, we have three people, right? Hmm. To operate fifty-five thousand huh. square feet of yeah. co-working, yeah, right? Um, whereas you think about like a traditional franchise, you think about a restaurant, right? Thirty percent of a restaurant's cost is of franchisees' cost is labor, right. whereas mm -hmm. here it's a single percentage point. And then there's also cost of goods in a friend in a restaurant, which is another extraordinary expense, right? right? Whereas here, 
there's no cost of goods. It's build out and a couple people operate. So, so from a labor perspective, our labor profile is really attractive. Yeah. Right. And I'll tell you, we have the best teams. Yeah. They're unbelievable. Their passion for the clients, their passion for their team members and their passion. We talk about this all the time. Our goal, our mission is to help people improve the quality of their life by helping them improve the quality of their work life. Mm-hmm. And it's no different for us, our internal mission. My goal is every one of the 750 people that work at IWG here in Canada, Latin America, go to bed on Sunday, excited about Monday. Like they can't wait to yeah. get to work on Monday. Yeah. If I get there, that's a mission accomplished, right? right? Because we want, we, we want to give them an environment that they love to be in every single day. It's fast, it's fluid, it's challenging, yeah. it's an adventure. You imagine trying to manage these types of ecosystems. They're not easy, it takes a special person, but we've got amazing people. Hmm. Um, and, and real quick, just before, mm. before we, we wrap up with a segment that gets a little deep, it's mm. a little deeper. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, Have I not hit the depth? What do they do? <laughs> no, no, no. Even, even. Um, Just y- wait. Yeah. Um, uh, so, oh, sorry. Is there any like things that you want to announce? So that's really interesting. The franchise, um, the franchise opportunity. Uh, what other exciting things do you guys have going on? Uh, like that yeah. you can. Um, boy, I mean, outside of. You know, we're expanding just expanding at the speed. Yeah, of light. we're just expand. You know, what I love though is that we're expanding at the speed of light. But also, what I love is we're incredibly discerning about who we work with. Right. Like we're proud of our partnership with Allied. Yes. Right. And we love the message they send to the market about yeah. co-working. Yeah. Right. And their space is beautiful. We're yeah. proud of our partnership with Oxford and Brookfield mm. and you know Kingsett and Dream and um, but we're very discerning about like where we where we move into yeah because our goal is look we want to we want to we want to change the world yeah that's not uh, that's my personal goal i want to change the world yeah and you and i want to change blocks i I want i want to create vibrancy when i go out for a run i stare at buildings all the time i'm looking for vibrancy there's nothing better than building something that is electric that attracts people. Yeah. Right? Where people are just so proud of being part of, mm-hmm. right? So when we look at like for example our new spaces in Liberty or our new spaces at Two St. Clair or you know like we talked about the well in yeah. Fort West Georgia or Granville, um, you know, we were we are incredibly discerning from, from a financial perspective, mm-hmm. from a partnership perspective from how we manage that portfolio to write down to like literally the address. What will this mean for the sub block? Right. Right. What can we do together with partners from like business improvement associations right through to um, our partners? It, it's not about just give us all the space you can. Right. No, it's right. like make sure, <laughs> make sure it's the right space for us and our partners. Right. So that's key piece. Um, you'll see from us a continued growth plan, but also a growth plan around brand diversification, hmm. right? Because as we talked about earlier with Deloitte, right? And there it's, this is not just attributed to Deloitte. It's attributable to every company. Yeah. People don't just want co-working, you know, they want different designs in different environments and different yeah. brands, right? One of our big brands in Latin America is HQ. 
right? So I, I could relate HQ to, for example, like a Fairfield Inn with Marriott. Like you look at Marriott, yeah. diversified brand strategy from JW right through, yeah. right? So um, HQ, beautiful, well-designed, functional space, great dollar value, yeah. right? So, so we're gonna continue to roll out a diversified brand strategy across number 18, which is like your Soho house, excellent great club environment to yeah. spaces which has been unbelievable spaces will be larger than we work from a size perspective by the end of this year awesome in terms of locations globally um regis our heritage brand which by the way incredibly successful continuing to grow yeah right hq number mm. 18 and then signature by regis so diversify brand strategy i wouldn't be surprised to see verticalization in co-working Right, so we've had a lot of interest from like industries like blockchain, et cetera, that say, "Oh, we want a whole co-working." But it's funny, we actually push back on that a little bit to say, "Look, there's power in integration and diversification." Right? Like it's amazing when you have blockchain here with financial financial institutions. You might get more if Deloitte's working in your space than if. Totally agree, and 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 Deloitte loves that they're integrated and partnering in with these vibrant industries, right, and Mm -hmm. startups. Yeah. So. So yeah, you'll see that. And I think, you know, from there, I think you're going to see just continued growth and development in this business. So like, I, I'm loving this, um, but I think we're like getting to the end of our film. Yeah. Uh, like how much, how much. This is on one camera. This camera is fully good to go. This one's, uh, this one's like one minute left. That one's got it. Okay. Well, that, so, um, we'll, we'll start, I need on meetings and stuff. So we'll start to wrap it up. Um, uh, real quick, um, about, oh, we, like, Co-living. Yes. What do you think? What are your thoughts? In I don't I, like. I know you have tons of thoughts, but in a, encapsulated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Early stage mm. extension of the university experience, which probably makes sense, right? Okay. Because yeah. you have a large, large workforce coming in right now with the millennials and then the Gen Zs. Yeah. Um, and probably more of a demand that's very micro market specific, depending on the housing Got market. It. Okay. Um, and, uh, the reason I brought up your employees, Mm -hmm. uh, like how, how are you such a good leader? I mean, it, like it it comes across, Mm -hmm. you know, um, what are your thoughts on like, maybe like a couple points on, on how to, how to lead effectively? I practice a very specific philosophy, right? To me, it's all about selfless leadership, right? Leaders eat last. You have to put your people first, right? So that to me is critical, right? Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that um, every single person in my organization is valued and they're cared for, that they understand what, se- what success looks like, um, the, the, the whole spectrum of success, right? Yeah. I want people, I'm driven and passionate to do great things and I want every single person to be part of that, right? So part of it is helping our community associates, community managers understand the impact they have they have the most important roles in an organization. They're creating the experience every single day, mm-hmm. right? So I'm on a podcast, right? They're living it every yeah. single day, yeah. right? So that is critical. So I'm a big believer in selfless leadership and I'm a big believer in shadow the leader. Everything you say, everything you do, everything people think you're not saying through your message needs to be understood and cared for, hmm. right? So critical. Um, and look, at the end of the day, it's like, I love people. Yeah. I love having the opportunity to 
extract the most. I want people to achieve their goals and their dreams, whether by the way, it's with IWG or somewhere else. Yeah. Sometimes this may be part of their mission mm -hmm. for years. That's great. That's yeah. okay. It's just like for me, I made a change fundamentally best move ever made. Yeah. Right. So, um, I think those pieces are really, really important personally. Okay. Um, is there any other questions before the final question? We can, we, we can go to the final question. <laughs> okay. Um, this question, um, you, so Wayne was telling us before the cameras were rolling, you've been listening to podcasts since 2007. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite podcasters is Lewis Howes. I don't know if you know that, you know, I love that guy. Uh, but anyways, he has this question, three truths. We do it here as well. Yeah. Um, so the three truths are, yeah. imagine years from now, you live to be 150 years old, modern yes. medicine. Um, and you had a very successful life and everybody that you love is around you. You have hundreds of friends and family members and your great grandkids are around you. Um, but for whatever reason, all of the books that you've put out, all of the interviews that you've done, uh, <coughs> it's, it's, it's all gone. Mm -hmm. And they have, you have basically three short notes that you can write to them, um, that they'll remember you by on how to live your life and you know, the way you think about the world, mm -hmm. what would those three notes be? Wow, that's a great question. I would say the first one is like, be your authentic self and understand what you can truly achieve in life, hmm. right? Um, nothing frustrates me more than people who don't maximize their own potential, right? And I think we're so blessed, number one, to be here yeah. on this in this world that... I just want people to live their true authentic life and maximize what their potential is. Right? Yeah. Um, two, be a great person. Right? Look, I tell my team this all the time. It's like, you know, we're at an early stage in what we're doing. I want my team to look back 25 years from now and walk down the street and realize we did change the world. Yeah. I want my kids to walk down the street and go, God, I remember my dad opened up the first spaces yeah. and now everything's, remember co-working's working now, yeah. right? Um, because it's kind of like a, that's kind of like a, like, that's like a tangible recognition, right? Yeah. But just be a great person, you know, care for people. Right. And I think that gets lost sometimes in this world, right? Care for people regardless of their role, regardless of their title. Frankly, care more for the people that you see every single day that sometimes you don't say hi to or you kind of disregard, right? Yeah. So I think that piece, just be a great, caring individual w without looking for retribution, without looking for like that Anything recognition was, return. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think thirdly, Boy, I don't know, two notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thirdly is... It's tough. It's a tough yeah, question, it's, seriously. You know, I think, you know, where you try to achieve some balance, which I know I'm not good at, mm. right? So try to achieve some balance because, um, you know, I've got kids that are 13 and 11. And I know everybody says this. And I people say this to me all the time. And now I'm the guy saying it. It's yeah. like, look, life moves fast. Yeah. Right. And, you know, try to make sure that you're there to support everybody in your life that is relying on you. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's another key piece that, by the way, I am no expert at. Yeah. But I recognize it and I'm working 
towards it, yeah. right? So authentic self, care for a ton of great people and achieve the balance you need to achieve where you can look back in your life and say, I lived a fulfilled life and the people around you can say thank you for being an amazing person, an amazing contributor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I want. I want to provide a great contribution to life, whatever that looks like. Yeah. And it's funny you say 150 years because I actually, my team knows this, my friends know this. I have full intent to live into 120, by the way. Yeah. Full, like, at least, and 119 of those will be really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I, <laughs> Last one could be interesting, but, you know, <laughs> you but, but that's okay because maybe I'm yeah. maxed out, right? Yeah, yeah so exactly. It's all good. Yeah. Right? You reached your potential. Some bingo. Um, uh, thank you so much. Um, thank you for having me. And congratulations on your podcast. Thank it's you. Really enjoyable. Love the opportunity to interact with both of you. Great questions, guys. And I wish you all the success. Thank you. Thanks Wayne. again. Thank you, Wayne. Thanks, guys. How was that? It was awesome. great. That was, awesome. <laughs> was it too long? Hey, thanks so much for listening. This is the end of the podcast. I wanted to give a special thank you, thank you, thank you to John Bass Bursey, who's an area manager for Regis. I think we actually mentioned him briefly in the podcast. He is one of the guys who helped organize this whole thing, and he is the best area manager ever. He's so responsive. If you're a commercial broker, now I'm selfishly only talking to the other brokers here. If you're a commercial broker, send him leads, send him details he'll he'll handle your clients with care he is the fucking best john base bercy with regis slash spaces they also do spaces as well um but i know him from regis uh yeah oh by the way please uh like us or subscribe whatever platform you're listening to we really appreciate it uh it is so tough to get a comment or a subscription out of people uh but we appreciate it, and we're going to continue to, to build this platform up, make it even better. So any feedback that you have, honestly, we really want to hear it, and, and we appreciate it. Stay tuned. We have a, a few more monster episodes coming out that we have already filmed, uh, and we're excited to release and show to you guys. Thank you so much for listening.